Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 in-store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. Konnichiwa, and you are very welcome to the Left Wing Daily, independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Keen Tracy, and we're coming to you from Hamamatsu again today, where Ireland have just named their team. As expected, Johnny Sexton has been ruled out through injury, with Jack Cardi getting the nod at out half. There was also a late uh, cry-off from Jack Conan, who was due to start in the team, but Ireland have rejigged their back row and gone with what started last week against Scotland. We've loads to get through. Um, thankfully, we have a podcast today. I'm with Rory O'Connor. Rory, you were in charge of the podcast here. We came back from the Ireland team announcement, and I was in the taxi in front of you, and I heard a few. I heard, heard a few expletives coming, but oh no, uh, I forgot the podcast gear, so this very nearly didn't happen. Well, I nearly walked away from the taxi and left it in the boot, which I did. I left. I lost my laptop on the 09 line store to South Africa by doing the same thing, and never got it back. So uh, yeah, no. Thankfully for. I mean, I don't know if it is thankfully for all the listeners. Maybe they're sick of us at this stage, but uh, we're in the. Museum of mu- Musical Instruments in uh, the capital of... Mu- like this no soundtrack today, It's Well, yeah, it's probably a bit faint for today, but uh, there's a massive drum, a tr- uh, traditional drum down down below us. Japan have named their team here for some reason. Um, both teams are out, and it's kind of all systems go for the big game in the Acopa Stadium on, on Saturday. Yeah, so we may as well get, get straight into it. Uh, we flagged it earlier in the week. I don't think Johnny Sexton was ever going to train, especially when he missed the early part of the week. We've spoken about it loads of times, said under Joe Schmidt's watch if you don't train in early week you don't play he didn't really need to play if there was any doubt over him personally I thought Joe Carberry would be the one who'd come back in yeah. I don't know where they're concerned still about his fitness he's obviously on the bench but it has to be said Jack Hardy hasn't put a foot wrong since he's gotten his chance and he deserves it doesn't he? I, he does I do think that the hierarchy is Sexton, Carberry, Hardy yeah. But because Joey Carberry hasn't played more than 50 minutes in about five months now, and even before that he played very little rugby, there's obviously a little bit of concern about his ankle. Now, whether he's playing 80 minutes or, or 20 minutes, he's still going to have to turn on it. He's still going to have to step. That's the game he plays. So there will be a test. But I think you're right. It is all down to the fact that Jack Hardy was able to train fully this week, that they're not having to pull him out to protect him at all. He's the fittest out half in the squad. And in fairness, Joe Schmidt, he's backing him based on that. And he's backing him based on a lot of the good performances that he's put in. And the word from the camp today is very, very positive around them. I posted a piece. We asked Joe Schmidt, Conor Murray and Andy Farrell. We're going to hear from them a little bit later in the podcast. 
about Jack Harty and what he's done in the only seven or eight months since he came into the squad, which is remarkable. Like you, you talked to him last year, Keane, didn't you? I mean, he, he wasn't very optimistic about his chances of ever playing for Ireland, never mind starting a World Cup game against the hosts. Yeah, I remember I was sitting in the sports ground in the offices in one, in one of the tiny rooms there, and yeah, it was hard to, it was you know, you really felt for the guy because he was playing so well. I think he's benefited hugely from Andy Friend coming in because he's given him the freedom and the license to play the way to play the way he sees and that was something Richie Murphy touched upon earlier this week that regardless of it was going to be Carberry or Carty coming into the team that Joe Schmidt and the coaches they want them to be themselves while filling into the structures and I think Carty Carty has done that he he was up for media today again and look I know there's no room for sentimentality in this game but he's a really really nice guy and you really like to see nice guys do well um he thought his chance. He thought his chance had gone. You know, he was on standby for the the, tw- the summer summer tour in 2017. And even when Joey Carberry got injured in the first game against USA, the call didn't come. He was on standby for the Ireland Italy game in Chicago last year, and he didn't get the nod then. So look, it's been it's been quite the journey for him. But I think. I think he's earned his place here. Um, I think his footballing background. So, like uh, most people probably know that he got trials for Southampton when he was younger. He played in the same Ireland under fifteen team as Robbie Brady, Matt Doherty, and Jeff Hendrick. So, this guy is a super all rounder. Apparently, he's got like a super intelligent brain. He played football, obviously as well, GA. And I think all of those things really do help him in terms of playing on instinct. And we saw the kick he put in behind over the top for Chris Farrell. I think when he first came on the scene, people were wondering, is he a bit too flair and flash for Joe Schmidt's liking? But in fairness, Joe Schmidt has gotten him in and he wants him to play the game. But you mentioned that Andy Farrell and Conor Murray were talking with him, so we'll have a hear about what they said. He's quite a calm character, Jack, um, which is good to have outside you. Um, and, you know, he's picked up, like anyone who comes into the setup, you know, they, they're, they're probably you know the pressure to learn and, and, and step up is is, um, is on them and you know he's responded really well to that and um, you know he's he's gotten to grips with the way we play and, and the, the kind of tactics and the and the phase calls and, and, and what's expected of him and um, like like I said that kind of laid back nature has actually kind of aided him I think in, in coming into an environment like this and and learning off off the likes of Johnny and and you know I know Joey's probably younger than him, but you know he's been around and in the setup for a while. So um, yeah, I'm excited to play with Jack. You know, like I said, he's, he he kind of takes it in his stride, and you know he's performed really well any time he's been given a chance, um, whether it be in the Six Nations just gone or, or the Summer Series and coming over here and, and coming on last weekend, he's he's done really well. So um, yeah, excited to to take the field with him. Andy, can I ask you a similar question of what have you made of him since? first came in, how have you seen him grow and why is he earned the trust of the coaches to start the massive World Cup game on Saturday? Because international rugby is, is a, a big a big pressured uh, um, occasion for anyone, um, especially um, when you're coming into a side. Uh, you know, well, there's others that's been there for quite a while and you're new to the environment and you've heard from the outside what it's, what it's like and then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're in the mix and you either sink or swim, don't you, really, with, uh, with all the information that you've been given that everyone's unbelievably comfortable with. And uh, I think Jack's strength of character is one of not just his work ethic to, to get across his detail, but being himself. I think that's, that's the, the most important thing. You want to see, uh, see guys, especially guys that are important pivotal positions, uh, to be able to retain all the information but also see the game as it's unfolding and he's comfortable in his own skin to be able to do that. 
I think it's pretty clear listening to what they have to say that there's a lot of belief in Jack Harty and that squad. I know they have to say that as well, but they wouldn't, you know, they would have found another solution if they didn't think he was the right one. They probably would have pressed Carby or Sexton into into service if they knew, you know, if they didn't have have full faith in Jack Harty. It's too big a game. We're at Japan's team announcement. We've stepped out. Uh, you've just been listening to Jamie Joseph, and they've named a. They've made four changes as well. Yeah, Both your, mate, your mate Michael Leach. My mate Michael Leach has been benched for talking to the media. That's a big lift. shock, though. I, apparently, it was flagged. The rich, I was yeah. on the Rich Freeman, the local journalist. Who, if you don't follow him on Twitter, he's worth following because he's got his ear to the ground in Japan. He's he's a very, yeah, he's he's doing some very good stuff over here. I told him last night. That's what they they expected to happen. Um, but they have brought Amanaki uh, Amanaki Mafi into the team, um, who was pending charges back in New Zealand, uh, mm. but they postponed his uh, trial. Conveniently, trial, I think, uh, conveniently until after the World Cup. But he's a very, very good player. Anyone who's watched the Melbourne Rebels this season, um, what was the sense of what Jamie Joseph was was saying inside? Because um, this is a massive game for Japan and one that they seem to be quite bullish about all week. So it, it seemed like he was toning it down a little bit. Yeah, I think he he was asked several times about Johnny Sexton and Jack Harty in different ways. Obviously, trying to get the line out of him. Look, he kind of he he told the party line with it. It doesn't matter who plays ten. That you know, Jack Harty is still a good player. But obviously, he did admit that it was only his second start, which I guess we have to remember as well. And I think one of the things about Jack Harty is he's still trying to find his voice. I think within the team because the games he's played, you know this is his first start with the big guns we'll, we'll call them you know and he's got to he's got to drive this pack around and you know he can't be afraid um, it was interesting Jamie Joseph did roll back on the prop Kisu's sort of comments earlier in the week Joe Schmidt didn't yeah that, that was it yeah, so for anyone who didn't hear we did touch on it earlier in the week that a young tight head prop Kisu sort of said that Keen Healy was scrummaging illegally so that was put to Joe Schmidt today and he answered very well actually you know he went into a bit of detail but the sort of the killer line was that this is extra motivation for Keen Healy and I think it's extra motivation for the pack I can see the pack getting after them but Jamie Joseph was kind of quick to say look for anyone who doesn't know him that, that was probably his first time up to media it might be his last time for a while as well <laughs> because I don't think you needed to give, get a bit of honesty isn't it yeah exactly I don't think you needed to give this Irish pack which is unchanged um, it's, yeah it's probably worth mentioning that the pack was going to have Jack Conan starting at number 8 with CJ moving to 6 so how do you think that that well, alters it well before I answer that I, I should put out I, we, I did put it out a probably a bit late notice for people to get back for questions and B.E. Kelly did ask uh, who stepped on Conan's foot and what is the forfeit unfortunately that information wasn't Peter Manny, maybe maybe Peter Manny, maybe Kieran Ruddock was going around yeah. trying to get Reese into the team <laughs> Um, what the forfeit is is up to Rob Kearney because apparently he's in charge of fines within the squad. So and Ringrose is on the committee. Ringrose, okay. So if any of them are up for media, we'll definitely ask that question. Um, it was, it's, it's disappointing a, for Jack. Well, like, this this was a game for yeah, made for him. Him against Matthew would have been a really yeah. interesting battle because they're both really mobile, really good players. Thought he was very good off the bench last week. He's he a loss. But then Reese Ruddock looks really, really sharp. He's come onto the bench. Um, Peter Manny, Joe Schmidt was very emphatic about the fact that he is completely fit. And Are you surprised? To play. Would you rather have seen him maybe given the weekend off? Personally, yeah, but then I'm not privy to the information mm. that Joe Schmidt has. And in fairness to Joe Schmidt, he's not going to risk a player who's going to be really important in the knockout stages if there is a concern about whether he's going to be able to get through this game. You know, you know, he was treated for kind of around his neck before he came off. He'd obviously failed his HIA, but apparently he passed 
I, I don't know, as much as he can pass a HIA 2 and 3 with flying colours, apparently he did. That's what Joe Schmidt says. And in fairness, he would not risk him. No, definitely you know, it's not. not. Especially when you have Reese Rudd Ireland could lose this game and still get to the quarterfinals. So. You could have Reese Byrne and you'd have Ty Byrne and Jean Klein is there. So it's not as if Ireland no, were we really had the numbers. Exactly. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to, to back that decision. But it's it, it's gutting for Jack Conan. Now, Joe Schmidt said that he does expect him to train tomorrow. But I guess we should give the listeners our daily weather update because today was roasting. Ireland trading 30 degree heat this morning and it was the morning heat, the hottest part of the day. Uh, I was chatting to Jack Cardi about it afterwards. I think they're expecting it to be around 27 on Saturday, which is going to be very different to what they what they face in Scotland. But Joe Schmidt is really showing this Japanese team huge respect, isn't it? Because I know there was um, a few rumours back home of a much going to be a much-changed team, but that's the starting pack that started against Scotland. And the sort of you look at the guys who are coming back, Rob Kearney and Keith Earls, we haven't even mentioned, coming into the backfield. Mm. And I have a piece in today's paper with Keith Earls, who you know is feeling the heat from Andrew Conway. I think it's fair to say. While, while I think Keith Earls is still the the first choice, he knows he needs a big game, which is and ideal. Rob Kearney was the same when he mm. spoke to us on. Um, they were both up at the same time in different parts of the training centre, and you know you were in one and I was in the other. But um, I think it's deserved respect for Japan. I think they've earned it, and I think yeah. I think. I mean, we were talking about it in the, in the taxi on the way back. Ireland have actually faced the host at different tournaments a lot, you know, a, a number of times. France in 07, Australia in um, in 03. They played in Scotland in 95 against Scotland, even though Ireland were co-hosts at that tournament. So they have, you know, it's not a new experience, but I don't think anyone, any host has ever had greater investment into the, the whole thing being a success. It's really important for World Rugby that Japan are a success, and it would be a massive benefit to everyone here if the host stayed in the tournament beyond the quarterfinals and while I'm not saying that's going to result in uh, bias in, on the ha- behalf of the referees or anything like that there is always those little things that go your way when you're the host particularly at a tournament we all remember what happened between South, South Korea and Italy in the, wor- in the FIFA World Cup back in 2002 a lot of very hairy decisions went against the Italians and they got knocked out by the host I think that is one thing that Ireland need to make sure that this is not a close game that decisions by the referee that might naturally swing that way uh, are taken out of the equation, and that's why he's, he's picked this team. They're also a very good team. You know, it's not just about that, but I do think home team advantage and um, the, the conditions that the Japanese players conditions are, are going to suit them, aren't they? Absolutely. Like I, you know, it, I was out. And I went for a quick jog earlier on, and I nearly died. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's really stiflingly hot. It doesn't suit Irish players. It's a mid-afternoon kickoff, which makes things very very difficult, and it's a very different conditions than it was in Yokohama. So I think all of those things factor into the fact that this is not, and the fact that Japan had a two-day extra turnaround, which I think we all take for granted a little bit. But the coaches repeat it. Joshua keeps, keeps repeating. Really yeah. does, you know, and I think that's important. I, so it, I think it will be tighter than maybe people expect. I think. Scotland's performance, as Rob Kearney alluded to the other day, wasn't very good. So that's the other thing that Ireland maybe looked much better than they were because Scotland, you know, were so poor. So th- there's a bit of that as well. I think that's why Jack Conan was picked to to play in the team because you, for all the reasons you mentioned, it's going to be. I think in the build up to this, we spoke so much about it how it's going to be a hard, firm ground. And while it was against Scotland, it was obviously very wet and slippery, especially in the second half. But that kind of game would have suited, I think, Jack Conan, which is why you were sort of, you know, you were seeing those changes. But. Uh, it's a very mobile pack, and we saw that last week, how effective Ian Henderson yeah. and James Ryan were together. You have Tyke Furlong, Keane Healy, who we know what they're doing. Rory Best went 80 minutes. I'm shocked he's playing again, but it just goes to show how good like how good he is in terms of his shape. But I don't know. I, you, you say that you, you think it'll be a close game. 
I don't like I'm, I'm I don't want to put like my neck on the line, but I I can see Ireland. There, go on. I, I can see Ireland getting on top. Like just like what are we talking? Thirty points, forty points? No, not thirty or forty. But I think like what's the spread? Do you reckon? I the think it's around twenty points. Yeah, like I mean, I think that sounds about right. I think if Ireland do what they did to to Scotland, Japan will have no answers to particularly up front. Very hard to produce that level of performance twice in eight days or six days. Though. Especially yeah, with the lack of changes. But I don't know. I think the the older, more experienced guys like the Keith Earls, Rob Carney come back in. They have a point to prove now. Even Chris Farrell is getting to start instead of Bundyaki. He was outstanding off the bench last week, and another guy who deserves his chance. So there's a lot riding on the line of this. And you know, at the press conference last week or during the week, Japan, one of the Japanese players was asked about, you know, has the the win over South Africa been been mentioned this week? And while he said it didn't. I think Joe Schmidt will probably be reminding them of that, and then we had the win against the Uruguay win yesterday. So that if they take the right off the ball, there is serious yeah, danger. Yeah, I, I think Ireland are definitely less vulnerable than that South Africa team, who were probably quite arrogant coming into that game and got brought down a number of pegs. Um, I don't think the Japanese scrum is as strong as it was. I think Eddie Jones and Steve Bortwick did unbelievable work in their set piece, and it's no surprise that tight fives remain the same. I think that's the first choice, tight five. If it's a World Cup final. That's probably, the, in fairness, it's probably the, the, the pack that will start the World Cup final at this stage. Yeah. The back line probably would change a little bit, although not that much. It's probably closer to the first team than, than the game last week. So um, I think you're right, but I just think, I think even the fact that Scotland didn't get a bonus point, I think like Japan must have an unbelievable focus on at least picking up one point or maybe two out of this game. I think it could be a bit of a shootout. I think they could, I think like the teams that go wide against Ireland often cause them the most problems. Now, Andy Farrell did say that they've put an awful lot of work into making sure that the ball doesn't get wide, but Japan will back themselves to beat the beat the rush defence and get around the edge we might see some cross kicking their back three while very vulnerable against Russia that first game I think they will improve and they are they're all good athletes they're really good really tricky you know, with their footwork um, and it's going to be challenging for Earls and Kearney who if they've missed a lot of training it's going to be a, a bit of a challenge to make those tackles so um, yeah 21 I just checked, checked it there 21 points is the spread that I think they'll beat right. the spread I, I, think, I think Japan will beat the spread I think, I think it, they'll come within 10 Mm. Yeah, I think you mentioned there about hurting them out wide and, you know, I guess the England game is still still pretty fresh in people's memories, but I thought Ringrose last week was particularly excellent in defence, his drift across. So I think he's got a big role. He's really good. I think he's got a big role to play this weekend yeah. in that regard, especially without Henshaw. And I think people probably don't realise it, and the only reason we realise it is because the players constantly tell us that he's such a good communicator yeah. in that backline. And when you don't have Henshaw and you don't have Sexton, it's guys like Gary Ringrose need to step up and sort of you know take hold of this because Chris Farrell would normally play 13 while he sure. can do a super job at 12. I think there's a big responsibility on Ringrose here to sort of lead this the defensive line. Yeah, and he's so light on his feet, and I think he does struggle. I know that in fairness, the Japanese do have some big ball carriers. They're not small, you know. You could you could probably fall into stereotype, but you know I do think that his lightness on his feet and his ability to make decisions on the run, and even he sometimes misses tackles, but shepherds players into the right areas while he's doing so. So it's uh, he will be very important. You're right. Um, Farrell will probably lead the rush. Ringrose will be probably more softer on the edge, you know, trying to make decisions, trying to make sure he tackles the right man. Because if you give some of these back three players. Um, any space at all, they're going to do an awful lot of damage to you. Uh, Joe Schmidt talked about tightening up the kicking game. He talked, um, I think he was very impressed with the defence last week, but he'll see room to grow to grow his game. I mean, these, he's got three games now to prepare for a semi-final or for a quarter-final against South Africa. Um, I think he'll use this this 
this uh, period wisely in that regard. So we'll probably see him while trying to win the game, also trying to grow grow the way the team are playing, so that when they hit that semi that quarter final game, they're uh, they're in the best shape possible. Yeah, just before we go, you were you had talked about going possibly to an onsen yesterday, which are the the hot bats for your day off, your well earned day off. But you did still do the podcast. You didn't quite make it there, but you did make it to an interesting sort of experience in in the hotel that we're staying. Yeah, well, it's a, there's a version of an onsen in, in our hotel, and uh, there's explain <laughs> what an onsen is exactly. The onsen so. is the the Japanese hot springs that they have over here, and uh, the tradition is that you bathe naked. Um, which 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 yeah, when in Rome horrible um, image. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you were going to bring this up on air, but you did ask me. So um, yeah, no, the 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 sight of a number of Japanese men washing themselves behind me was a bit <laughs> off-putting, but uh, it was very pleasant, very nice, very nice way to spend an, spend an hour and, and chill out. Um, feel the better for it today. So you got to get stuck into the local traditions, Keen. And I expect to hear about it from you later on. Uh, as long as everyone, all the Irish journalists don't go together, <laughs> I think we're on safe enough. Schedules, I think yeah. that's when it'll get really weird. But uh, yeah, we got you. We got to get some work done. Now we got to go. You, I want to see England play against USA later on. Um, I think the the US are going to. They're they've got a couple of seriously big men. I think there could be big big collisions in that game. So that I really want to see another game because I've been to three games since I've come here. But I'm finding it's, it's like so the old Italian ninety thing. What did you think of the World Cup? I missed it. I was in Italy. It's you know? so hard to to keep track of the games, and I guess that's the benefit of being at home. While I wouldn't, you wouldn't swap it for the world. You do get to see a lot more rugby. Well, one thing that. I think the Japanese haven't got right is showing the games. I think if you're not at a fan zone, in the press box included, the press box, yeah, press box is. I great, know people don't really care about that, but when you're what, trying to report in a game with no fans, replays, for fans coming over, like uh, just trying to have dinner or have a drink while watching the game, it's different. A lot the bars don't have TVs. Mm. There are sports bars in certain places, but um, even we we tried to go to one to watch Australia Fiji on Saturday in, in uh, Yokohama, and they had a <laughs> it was a it was a, uh, a sports bar, but they had a, a company day out on where they were playing darts and watching and doing karaoke in the big screen. There was no rugby being shown, even though the rugby was being advertised. There generally isn't the same culture of watching sports and bars, it seems. Um, they do have a fan zone here, which is interesting because there's no games. I think a lot so of the fans will be here because yeah. I think we're cl- this is the closest good town to Shizuoka. And in fairness, yeah. Namatsu, which was fairly written off before yeah. we came, it's, it's, it's a really cool place. So I think we're starting to see a couple of Irish it, fans floating around earlier on. It's very um, nice, isn't it? We, we should say that because it, it was this was the one spot that before we came here that was told that oh, it's a real industrial town, there's not much there, but I've been pleasantly surprised and while it's not the a metropolis by any means, there's a, there's still a lot going on, isn't it? Oh, there? it's great. It's been good. It's been good. I've played, I've stayed in a lot worse places in, in the likes of New Zealand um, in, in my time. I mean, there's loads no going on. No offence to Kiwi listeners. No, well, I think the Kiwi listeners would accept that there are certain towns in, in New Zealand that aren't, that have absolutely nothing going on, particularly midweek when you're staying there in the middle of June and in, the, in the, the, the middle of their winter. At least the, the Japanese autumn is um, it's pretty nice. So, no, it's been a good place and I think Ireland fans will enjoy it. There's a bit of, not, bit of liveliness around it. Um, we're off to Kobe after this game but I suppose we we should enjoy Hamamatsu a bit more we'll get the work done see the game and, and then uh, back tomorrow for get back tomorrow for another pod cheers thanks Rod cheers Kate the left wing podcast in association with Aldi spend 30 euro in store for a chance to win 50,000 euro for your primary school